calling all podcasters, musicians, vloggers, and reporters, and everyone else who wants crystal clear recording that's super portable. The Shure Motive family of microphones makes studio quality audio that's as simple as plug and play. Many of the world's top podcasters rely on Shure, and with a Motive line of iOS and USB microphones, portability is now your friend. Imagine being able to get great audio quickly and easily from your phone, tablet, or computer. Simply visit Shure.com slash Motive to start getting great audio for your content now. That's S-H-U-R-E dot com forward slash M-O-T-I-V. And there you go. I think I get it. Let's see. How can you speak to my eyes like open doors? Jesus Christ. darn thing up. All right, this one this is going to be definitely a um, a very, very uh, different episode of The Wine Cellar because it actually is a simulcast with a single simulcast. Can you believe that? Yeah, I remember I told Feeny Loco that. She was like, you better come up with a better name. I was like, I'm just telling you what it is. All right, it's a single simulcast simulcast. That's just what it is. That's just, that's a description, Walton Lady. But where's the better name, though? You don't know. You don't know. No, clearly you don't know. No. No. Tinker around a little bit. This is for uh, the homie loco Asia B um, out there in the social networks, right? Um, should go to go to the YouTubes and check out the homie loco Asia B. All right. Um, let's see. Asia B said, "Yo, yo, homie loco, uh, kick a rhyme on the on the video." All right. So I flipped on the camera there, flipped on the microphone here. Let's see what we got. Got the rhyme in front of me. Let's let's dig into it. Yo, the summer is muggy and hot. 
heated and steamed, and plus we would have thought that the people with schemes would be found out and exposed in the light. But we drowned out before the drought and fell frozen the night, hoping I might make sense from the pattern of the rhyme, communicate the idea as I have it in my mind. Retaliation is imitation. I won't do what you did to me. I also find logic and renewable energy. Go to war with who? For what? Some old vendetta? Or so weapons manufacturers can fold some cheddar? Destabilize a region like we're knowing what's better? Take their history and pitch it in the cultural shredder? The garbage bin of heartless men is a tall receptacle with over five centuries of what we're all connected to, rhetorical platitudes are simply part of a larger spectacle. The truth is constipated behind bullshit, and it's hard to let it through. <laughs> all right, can you dig it? You know, well, let's let's um let's let's do one more. Let's do one more and wrap it all the way up, y'all. <clears throat> we waste food because capitalism tells us to. It's not perfect, so it's worthless when we try to sell the food. Natural fiber and vitamins are plucked and they stand still. Never go in a sharpened cart and get stuck in a landfill. They don't decompose with oxygen, so instead they last. Packed underground and found to create some methane gas. And guess what this does? It leads to global heating because we choose to throw away what we have just grown for eating. Oh, and the best part, do you know why? We grow it with water while California's bone dry. I forget to mention another part that's also cool. We transport what's about to go in the garbage by burning fossil fuels. We keep it refrigerated by burning fossil fuels. It's work-related, so employees are burning fossil fuels. We need light to so the job is illuminated by burning fossil fuels. And when the garbage truck comes to pick it up, guess what they also use? <laughs> All right. Now, uh, what's, what's, the, what's the title of this episode? What's this whole thing going on here? Single simulcast uh, Saturday. Uh, Mr. Cosby through Mr. Huxtable off a cliff, right? Get it? All right. So, um, all right. So it looks like we're uh, like we're dealing with our uh, fellow black men who have decided that they cannot subvert white supremacy without rapist Bill Cosby at the helm. He's like Captain Barbosa. Right now, um, now in this episode, uh, we will center our tangential conversation around what is going on in the heads of these men. What are they thinking? Why in the blue fuck are they thinking it? Who left on the toilet paper? Logo, Feeny, mute, mute yourself. Okay. And um, and we have uh. And we have Rashani Loco and William J. Jackson, of course. And uh, we're also joined by Michael Wright of the Something in Common podcast and Antoine Span of the Span Report podcast and um, and Phoenix Kaleeder of her Reading in the Shade blog, Reading in the Shade. And um, and and it'll mostly be uh, Phoenix Kaleeder sharing the host seat with Rashani because we have so many voices here. So I'll be taking more of a backseat engineering and um and like leading in segments, like I'll lead in a segment and then I'll sit the fuck back because holy shit, right? So that everybody can um can get in here and talk some of that old gangster shit that they be talking, right? I I think you're into that. I'm into that. That's uh, that's how we get down, you know, you fondle your nipples to it, whatever it is that you gotta do. Now, um, and of course, a uh, shout out to Asia B. Right, some of the folks may have noticed that um, I've been uh, sharing her content in the networks and on the wine cellar news breaks on some of the weekdays, and uh, and over the past few days, we've been interacting more directly and talking about um, about collaborating on a rhyme because I clicked on a couple of her rhymes, and right, and she knows her way, and she knows her way around a, a trisyllabic rhyme. Uh, very dope, very nice, you know. So um, watch out 
for that. That could be coming sooner than later, right? Uh, me and Asia B rhyming on some ill shit. And um, let's see. Uh, so I think, um, and also, I mean, I'll, I wanted to do um, uh, some shit on Saturday anyway, and I also like alliteration. And then I also... Um, Whenever I listen to uh, Rashani's program, Single Simulcast, I start getting ideas, right? Like that, that program makes me want to jump up and do shit. It's like hearing a new album every time I hear Single Simulcast. Like, yo, I want to write some rhymes too. Like, so, um, so it seemed logical to just do a Single Simulcast uh, Saturday. Like, 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 even if Rashani is like busy, like, because Rashani has like a more full adult life than I have, right? Like, um, coaching teams, parenting, career, husband, home to take care of, right? I'm in my 30s and I'm scratched. Some there are days where like I really legitimately do not have to put on pants the entire day, like more often than not, right? So, uh, so, so it's, so it's, uh, so even if Rashani is busy, like I'll still do a single simulcast uh, Saturday. And I'm um, going into Sunday. Like um, in the past few weeks, we've been doing uh, Sunday programs, which are more uh, more clip shows. But I think this one, because uh, I'm in, I'm down with the Netflix and season three of Wentworth just dropped. I think I'll go ahead and review episode one, which is the heat. It is the heat, right? So what do we have going on in this program, right? Um, adjacent to uh, Pill Cosby, rapist in chief. Uh, we also have uh, four shot dead and one left to face charges as the family of a drunken gun collector fight over laundry. That's how you start the year, all right? That's how you know. Yeah, that's not just how you start the year. That's how you start 2016. Leap year, election year, Olympics year. If the year is going to be action-packed, you pack it with action right in the front end, right? And then (laughs) a billboard for a dating website uh, where whitepeoplemeet.com. I didn't know this was a problem, all right? And I looked, um, $4 a month for where whitepeoplemeet.com? Look, nigga. Look, white white people, white niggas, I'll lace you up. I'll do half of their price, $2 a month. I will introduce oh, wow. you to more white people. Yes. I, for, I, I don't know. I, I didn't know that we had an epidemic of white people unable to find each other. So I will help. Uh, I'll, well, I'll find them. What is that song that you play? Like, anti-racist is code for anti-white, white genocide? Like, White genocide is a problem. Oh, fuck. That is what's been going on. White people have been dying. Son of a shit. Didn't know it. Forgot. Open up your... I fucking love that record. (laughs) All right, so apparently that's a problem. And look, white people, I'll, I'll lace you up. I'll link you up. I will help you find each other. $2 a month, sign up. For uh, for this nigga knows for the where the white people are dot com. We're gonna get that up and running. And um, a Texas uh, GOP lawmaker. Are you ever surprised? I mean, does any the, after that subheading? Does anything awesome come after that? All the time, all the time. He, hey, 
this guy, he's a pre-1994 guy. Just think, 1994 is when this legislature, right? Uh, that, um, <laughs> uh, rape is non-existent in marriage, so take what you want. That whole take what like is a gumball machine. And um, another uh, good old, more more white man, a white man, well, he threatens to kill some of them police fellers, swings his fist, knocks one of them out, sends two to the hospital, and injures seven others. He ain't dead, though. He ain't dead. White men are unkillable. And a family values conservative. Well, as far as he's concerned, if if these woman ladies, if these fucking broads, if they can just go around breastfeeding in public, just breastfeeding in public all the fuck long day, just doing what the fuck they want to do, then he should be able to walk up to them and grab their, grab their knockers. It, hey, fair yeah, is fair. Yeah, what they want to do because it's fun. Seriously, that's 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 what breastfeeding is. It's a fun hobby. Like nothing about you know. Everybody, no. everybody grabs everybody's knockers. All right, let's let's go ahead and get into a single simulcast um, Saturday. So if you're not over eighteen, what's that mean? You're not allowed to listen to single simulcast. Or what? What will happen if you listen to either one of those? You are listening to Rashami with a single sign. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> and archive chat room is being hosted by Rashani of the single simulcast. I'll show Rashani what's all right. We'll do it live. Father Teresa's wine cellar is rated R for keeping it real. We'll do it live. Fuck it. You're listening to Rashani with the single simulcast. Do it live. I can all write it and we'll do it live. Negroes doing Negro stuff. Fucking thing sucks. In Father Teresa's wine cellar, we believe all oppression is intersectional. And this means our analysis of current events frequently includes discussion of difficult and explicit content. Any combination of the following topics could be included in our show. Murder, rape, war, climate change, racism, sexism, violence, sexual violence, homophobic violence, heterocentrism, Discrimination and abuse against individuals of nonconformist sexuality, domestic violence, child abuse, child rape, child neglect, elderly abuse, verbal abuse, police brutality, microaggressions, ableism, cyberbullying, genital mutilation, ideological extremism, and people just being total fucking assholes. All right, Father Teresa's wine cellar. Father Teresa, the greatest black atheist. Uh, Michael Wright, something in common. Hello, howdy do, young man. Uh, hello, sir. I'm trying to be like you. <laughs> <laughs> and then there is Antoine Span. Is, is that you, live on the microphone? What's happening, y'all? You hear me? Yes, indeed. 
You are right. there, and then there is uh, Mr. Mr. California, 9-1-Sickness himself. That's Rashani Loco, single simulcast. Let me just warn everybody who doesn't listen to me too much. The word nigger will be used profusely here, both with the hard R and with the short R, because niggas need to know better. Everybody came for Bill Cosby, nigga, what are you thinking about? You need to know better. What's going on? Jesus Christ. L- l- launch into it, Rashani. What what the hell is going on? What 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 is this? What are these guys doing? I'm gonna you sit back. You tell me something. Have you ever sat at the at the barbershop just chilling, minding your own business? And fan Mike, I know y'all know what I'm talking about. You're sitting at the barbershop, you're minding your own business, you're trying not to move your head because the barber got some sharp clippers that they never use except to touch up the back of your neck. So you're trying to sit still and chill for a second and you hear some shit out the corner of your ear that just makes you want to snap your neck, but you know if you do, you're going to get your throat slit. So you just sit there and you just like, this nigga is tripping. That's been Facebook for the past three days. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it, 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 it's, it's actually sad the uh, steps that these hotep inverted niggas will go to to protect Bill Cosby. You know, um, I've had folks tell me anything from the gamut of all these women are lying to some of these women are lying to that one right there might be telling the truth, but the rest of them are just coming behind them because he's trying to buy NBC. And none of them want to see the fact that I don't know who it was who posted this up. Span, you might know. Um, that first of all, Bill Cosby's not trying to buy NBC. That that's the first I, thing you need to know. I uh, think that was uh uh Bossy from uh I think she used to be on uh Twib on uh This Week in Blackness. Uh right. she posted a uh it was a really long Facebook status about, you know, the constant allusions to Bill Cosby buying NBC. And how ridiculous that notion was that that's, this is the reason why Bill Cosby is going through the things that he's going through right now. And so it's funny because I keep seeing a lot of dudes talk about thing about Bill Cosby buying NBC is the reason that these white folks are trying to trip him up, right? So she put it in way to, so she put it in this way. It was it was sort it was something like this. It was like you know NBC didn't have to sell their shit to Bill Cosby, no matter what. Even if they wanted to sell it, they didn't have to sell it to him. And even if they, it would, it would be, it would be stupid for them to say no to him to buy NBC and then set him up for these rapes to justify why they didn't want to sell to him. It makes absolutely no sense. Like we're going to set you up for rapes because you want to buy our network. And uh, you know, there's this idea that folks were talking about how he was going to make this black network television. And it was going to be, it was going to have all these positive images of black folks and everything else. And people forget that that's what Bill Cosby had been doing for NBC. That Bill Cosby had made NBC a shit ton of money because of the respectability politics that he was peddling with the Cosby Show. So it's no sense for them to come after him now <laughs> and, and, and have these women, these this fifty some odd plus women, come out and say, 
that this dude sexually assaulted them. It makes absolutely no sense. This notion that because he wanted to buy NBC and that he had these positive images for black folks and that's why they had to tear him down is just stupid. It's just fucking stupid. And she broke it down pretty damn well. That's why I reposted it. And, and, and Feeney, I know. <laughs> Lord knows, I know you've seen some shit as a young black lady. <laughs> I know that you've been at the forefront of people just saying, but what about this shit? Mm-hmm. Like, what's what's life been like for you for the past three, four, five, six, seven months since Bill Cosby um, started raping people? Or since it, be, it came out in the open of Bill Cosby and raping people? So, the first thing I have to point out is that there are... 50-plus victims. First there was 20, then there was 30, then there was 40. Now there's over 50. Um, And these accusations go back decades. And apparently um, a not-quite-mainstream-popular man had to point it out for 50 women to get taken serious. So on one hand, thank you, Hannibal Burris, for reopening this. On the other hand kind of pissed off 30 different women couldn't make this a headline on their own. <laughs> so, that. Um, lots of comparisons to Emmett Hill. Lots of comparisons to, um, you know, the, lots of talk about the Negro bed wenches, talk about black women aren't loyal, black women are ruining the community because we aren't caping for Cosby. Because he probably didn't do it, but even if he did, or even if he only did some of it, we have an obligation to keep rapists in our midst because that is how you support blackness by never, ever, ever demanding a black man be accountable for what he does, Um, even if it's at the cost of black women. Apparently, so lots of that. Um, lots of people like, oh, this is just like Emma Till. I'm like, this is nothing like Emma Till. Nobody's gonna lynch Bill Cosby. He he's not gonna die because of this. Um, he can afford a jury. He can probably afford to buy a jury. You know, if it comes down to that. So uh, not so much feeling the Emmett Till comparison. And of course, the same thing that happens every time there are rape accusations. It's um, People refusing to accept the idea that rape is about power and control, not about lust or sexuality. Um, Lots of people saying, well, but he could have um, paid for sex from a woman. He could have gotten consensual sex from a woman. Well, yeah, he's married. He has been getting consensual sex, or I at least hope it's been consensual with his wife. Yeah, he could have. Um, yeah, he could have paid for sex workers. He could have bought his own fucking brothel. Um, he could have done a lot of things, but he opted not to, not because these women were um, so sexually feeling like, oh, she's so pretty, I have to have sex with her. That's not what rape is. Rape is about power. Rape is about control. Rape is about degrading victims. Um, because if he wanted to obtain consent, he could have. He opted not to. So that fallacy keeps coming into play again. And, of course, the comparison of him to white rapists. Apparently, um, 
there's a train of thought that if a white man gets away with it, a black man should also be allowed to get away with it. Instead of saying we're going to hold a black, yeah, instead of saying we're going to hold a black man accountable, and then we should probably rethink about how we handled it with this white man because fuck that. Um, instead of that, we're going to be like, hey man, can't we just let all men yeah, hashtag all men run the plantation? The fuck do we have to make it about race for? All men should be allowed to get away with rape, basically. So, and also. Um, more of a little, like, maybe it's semantics, but people have been like, that dad from Seventh Heaven was a child molester. And I was like, I think that case he molested one person, Cosby raped 40 women. Um, certainly not condoning what the white guy did. And, yeah, he should have been locked up forever because that's disgusting. Um, but, you know, it's interesting that Cosby is so revered it takes uh, 50 women to be raped to compare it uh, as an equal crime to a white man sexually abusing or assaulting one person that they don't like because nobody likes that fucking show. So that is also interesting. That's what my life is right now. Also, I feel obligated to tell you apparently I'm an agent. Um, I guess I work for the CIA because I'm not defending Cosby. Um, you should like probably know that. I mean, I guess my handlers won't like it if I tell you that. But, um, yeah, I, I don't tolerate rapists regardless of their past celebrity history, acting history, race. So, apparently, that makes me a CIA operative. So, um, go Big Brother, I guess. <laughs> That's what I got. Hashtag not a big secret. Hashtag you're a snitch. Hashtag it's all over Tumblr. <laughs> Hashtag, they coming for you, sister. <laughs> but real talk. Um, hashtag, hashtag, hashtag I just want <laughs> <laughs> to read off two things real quick, then I'm going to slide it over to Mike so that he can give his opinion on the situation. But when you were talking about uh, how Cosby should be allowed to rape people because Stephen whatever from Seventh Heaven was allowed to rape people, the first thing that came to my mind was this Parable. And y'all know me, I'm all about stories and trying to bring things together. Uh, so right, if you right. didn't know that, now you know. Um, a man had a donkey and a lap dog, and the lap dog was very, very pretty. The donkey was left in the stable and had plenty of oats and hay to eat, just as any other donkey would. The lap dog knew many tricks and was a great favorite of his master, who often played games with him and seldom went out to dine without bringing him home something special to eat. The donkey had much work to do in grinding the cornmeal and in bringing wood in from the forest or bundles in from the farm. He often lamented his hard fate and contrasted it with the luxury and idleness of the lapdog. One day, the donkey broke his cords and halter and galloped into his master's house, kicking up his heels and frisking and fawning as well as he could. The donkey next tried to jump about his master as he saw the lapdog do, but he broke the table and smashed all the dishes upon it to tiny bits. He then attempted to lick his master and jumped upon his back. The servants, hearing the strange commotion and perceiving the danger of their master, attacked the donkey and drove him out to his stable with kicks and clubs and cuffs. The donkey, as he returned to his stall and beaten nearly to death, lamented, I have brought it all upon myself. Why couldn't I have not been content to label with my companions and not be idle all the day like that useless little lap dog? And the moral of the story is, be content with what your own talents are. 
You're asking why a white guy is able to uh, commit these horrendous acts against women and nobody says anything, and why a black guy is doing this and everybody falls on his back. Mr. Span said it perfectly on the Span Report, which is available on Stitcher, iTunes, and at SpanReport.com, um, in which he said, you know what? The white media did tell y'all about Jared Fogle and about Stephen whatever his name is, because I stopped watching Seventh Heaven a long time ago. I, I didn't even know it was even a factor anymore. It's just a simple situation where we, as black folks, didn't give a fuck. We didn't listen. You know, when this was reported, wherever it was reported about Stephen, we didn't really pay attention. So when it faded out of our viewpoint, we were just like, okay, fine. Bill Cosby is going to stay in the black voice because the black voice is what's standing up against Bill Cosby. Because this is our opportunity to get on Bill Cosby because he's a fucking rapist. We don't really need more of an excuse than that. You know, it's not like that nigga Mm -hmm. owe me $20 plus he raped somebody. It's not... You know, I saw him down the block last week. He threw up the wrong gang sign at me. Oh, and he's a rapist. It's not he came to the barbecue and brought it to go play and then left without bringing anything, and he's a rapist. No, it is he is a rapist. Stop sentence. So when you're asking why people are riding so hard on Bill Cosby and not riding so hard on this, on Steven or on, on um, Jared Fogle or whomever, they did. You just didn't pay attention. And also, a thought that I just want to put out there is this. Jared went to jail. Yeah. Jared went to jail. R. Kelly and Bill Cosby are still floating the fuck around like somebody in in Miami who needs one more car to get out. They're just floating. (laughs) You know, they're just sitting there. And, and, you know, I want to kind of add to that point, too. Um, Because, you know, we talk about, like, you know, that all of these examples that keep coming up about all of these white guys who supposedly got away with something that everybody fucking knows about it, but apparently we weren't talking about it. But it kind of reminds me of like when you want to talk about Black Lives Matter, right? When we talk about Black Lives Matter and how when people want to kind of refute Black Lives Matter, the first go-to they'll do, one of the first things they'll say is. Well, what about black-on-black crime? What are you guys doing in your neighborhoods to kind of combat this here? And it, it's, it's just like that. It's just like that. Well, well, what about Stephen Collins? Or what about Roman Polanski? Or what about Charlie Sheen? And, and to be quite honest, you really know you don't give a fuck about Charlie Sheen. You don't give a fuck about Roman Polanski. You don't give a fuck about Stephen Collins. You never gave a fuck about that until this came up. And it's, it's such a parallel. Is such a parallel to like to kind of watch this shit play out. How we get this, um, like this selective kind of outrage for, for, for things happen. Mm-hmm. And yeah, something else too that also is playing into it is I see a lot of people pulling out the um, wait, bitches lie, right? Like bitches lie about rape. We know that. Um, which is interesting to me because a lot of the people I see defending Cosby are black men who would consider themselves to be pro-black. They, um, for the most part, support Black Lives Matter. They will uh, go to protests, right? They were at the Eric Garner protest. They, you know, go to the protests for Tamir. But when it comes to black women talking about their experiences with sexual assault, all of a sudden it's bitches lie, right? So like you saw through it in the media when it comes to police brutality, when it comes to Black Lives Matter, and say, you know what, we know how 
racism taints the view. We understand how uh, white supremacy frames things, you know, calling um, black people who are victims of police brutality thugs and saying this and that about them. We know better. We know we need to believe these people because police brutality is a real problem and it is a racial problem. But then when black women talk about how Cosby makes them feel because of the disproportionate amount of sexual violence black women face, all of a sudden it's like, well, you know you can't trust women. But wait, did you, you know, what were you wearing? Were you drinking? Were you flirting? Did you do something to deserve it? Were you in the room? How do you know that Cosby is really a rapist? What if they're just lying on him, right? All the things that white people say about black people, right? Well, were you a thug? Did you have your pants pulled up? Were you talking back to the cops? All of a sudden, black men are saying to us because we don't want to defend Cosby. So I see y'all. <laughs> I see y'all. <laughs> and, to, and, to, and to add to that, they'll follow that with, why did these women wait so long to say anything? And never see that correlation as to why they would not want to have to deal with this kind of shit. Uh-huh. And, I mean, I was just, it, it like I said, it always surprises me to find out that somebody, it, it always surprises me when I stick my foot into a hole and find out that the, the, the water in it is deeper than I thought it was. You know, like, oh, I thought it was, like, maybe a foot deep, and it turned out it was, like, 12 feet deep. And I'm like, oh, shit. And I try and grab myself back out. I was minding my own business today, right? Like, just being me, being Rashani, being cool. You know how I roll. And um, I just happened to notice post after post after post about Bill Cosby and the Bill Cosby, what I like to call, I like to call it the Bill Cosby Protection Plan. Um, and that as soon as Bill Cosby gets injured, uh, dented, maligned, hurt, anything like that, 17 Negroes in every single area are going to pop up and start protecting him. It's a protection plan. We all got one. We just need to pay millions of dollars, which Bill Cosby obviously has towards black Wait, No, he hasn't. Pound cakes, nigga. Anyways, um, my homeboy, one of my boys, is posting all of these things about Bill Cosby and about how um, these women can't be right and talking about NBC and everything and everything. And so I hit him up and, and all all love, I'm, you know, because I have friends who I've, I haven't always been the greatest person, you know. Um, we all find paths on our own time in our own way. And as we find that path, it has been incumbent upon us to bring others towards that path. That's what my mindset is. And I've made tons of mistakes throughout my life, but I own up to them and try and bring people to a new point. So I got a homeboy who's fucking up. <laughs> and um, I hit him up, and I was like, he was like um, talking about how Bill Cosby and NBC and how they don't talk about if the schools keep taking back the honorary degrees they gave to Cosby, then these schools should also give back all the money Cosby has donated to them over the years. You notice no one is giving back all these millions of dollars Cosby has given to schools around the country, but they're grandstanding about revoking those degrees. And so I hit him up, and I was like, you know this dude can't afford NBC, right? That trope has been going on for years. And also... If they were trying to shut down a black man in power at this point in time, wouldn't they have gone after the president? 
Bill Cosby has done nothing for you and a lot against you. I shudder to think of the fact that he likely used his, quote, Father Huxable motif that white folks adorned him with and we accepted to convince some of these ladies to take Quaaludes so that he could have his way with them. You know he admitted to that in court, right? Kojak, you're my guy, so I'm going to put it like this. This is like potato chips. You can't believe just one. If you believe he raped, because he said he believed that he he raped some of them but not all of them. And if you believe he raped one woman, then he raped all of them. There is no way that all of these women are risking public scorn and detriment by folks of all races and gender, but mostly black men, by the way, just so then they can get him back for not having them on his show. It doesn't work that way. Bill Cosby is a man who wants, wants power. He has denigrated black people on stage. He has denigrated them in locker rooms, like what he did against that young black man in Penn, at Penn State. And he has denigrated them in private. It is no stretch of the imagination to think that he has assaulted and denigrated all of these women. And here's the thing. Kojak, you were raised by all women. Think about going to those women and saying to one, like, say, your grandmother, just for the sake of argument, that you believe that your grandmother could be raped, but the rest of them aren't worthy. That sounds ill, right? That's the argument that black men are holding up right now. And I dig him. And that's why I need him to be better than this. He ain't doing nothing to merit for none of these black folks. So why are we doing stuff for him? We need to just stand up and support these ladies. Just like they just like you would support those who were assaulted, just like you should support those who have been assaulted by R. Kelly. Without hesitation, without any buts behind it. Just support them and believe them. But dude, we're standing here listening to folks who are saying Oh, yeah, that one right there, the 19-year-old, oh, yeah, she, I believe her, she can get raped because she's rapable. What the hell does rapable mean? What is that statement? I've been struggling over this stuff for a long time since rape is about power and not about attractiveness or anything else. I think that's the part that's been bothering me the most about this. You know, every time one of those ladies' pictures pops up, it's like, oh, God, she's ugly. He wouldn't rape her. Like, what the hell are you talking about? So oh, because, shit, B. Arthur, he wouldn't rape her. No, no. You say B. Arthur. But I think that's the part. <laughs> well, I'm laughing because I was watching Golden Girls earlier. Sorry. But <laughs> but that's the and, – and Feeney kind of took the words right out of my mouth at the beginning, but I'm seeing all of these side-by-side comparisons of uh, Charlie Sheen and Cosby and – Roman Polanski and Cosby, and I'm like, well, the media is treating white people differently than black people. Like, that's a fucking secret. Like, we already know that. But so, because a white guy got away with molesting the child, like, so we should just let Cosby off the hook now. Somebody compared him to uh, Tim Lohan, the gentleman that killed, um, the officer that killed Tamir Rice. Like, well, he got away with killing Tamir Rice, so they should let Cosby get away with raping white women. Like, (laughs) what the fuck is all of this? I just, I don't understand it, but I'm seeing it a lot, not just from black men, but from black women. I'm seeing a lot of black women supporting Cosby, which really shocks the hell out of me. Well, you know, that's 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 an interesting thing, too. But I kind of almost in such a way like um, and I hope I don't like just I hope I just don't I don't I don't screw my own logic up here. Right. But I kind of look at that. I kind of look at that in much the same way that I look at how, you know, sometimes black folks can have really fucked up ideas about black folks. Right. And we'll look at them and say, damn, man, like, you got some really fucked up ideas about black people. Yeah, you're black, but you got some really fucked up ideas about your own people. 
And sometimes when I see uh, women taking up for, you know, people such as like a Bill Cosby or an R. Kelly or whatever, and they denigrate the, the victims of R. Kelly or a Bill Cosby or whatever, it's like, it's it's something similar to that. It's like, okay, just because you're a woman doesn't make what you're saying any less fucked up. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. that internalized misogyny that, you know, they don't necessarily believe that they're espousing at that particular point in time, but it's prevalent. And they're not necessarily aware of it all. And so when I see it, you know, I take I make note of it, but it's still it's still one of those interesting things to behold and watch unfold right in front of you. Like, God damn, like this shit really does run deeper than I ever imagined it to be. Yeah, and it's amazing because mm-hmm. people look at that and they're like, Well, because he played this great person on T V, he played Doctor Huxtable, like he they can't separate Cosby from the character he played on TV, so because he was this great guy on TV, he couldn't possibly have been this monster that was raping women. It was the same thing with R. Kelly. I see mm-hmm. people defending Kelly saying, oh, oh, look at all the music he put out. Oh, he had these hits. Like, so because the nigga had a bunch of hits, that means he couldn't like little girls? Like, I, I just don't understand why people can't separate. They, these, they're, they're human beings. They're, at the end of the day, they're human beings. No matter how famous they are, how many hits they got, how many hit TV shows. They're still flawed okay. individuals, and people act like they can't be flawed because R. Kelly's supposed to be a musical genius, or Cosby did so much for black people, and he had this great show on TV. I just don't understand why we can't separate them from the characters they are, the the, the music they put out. And and I'm saying the people seeing the people defend them because of their body of work, like that that just makes no sense to me whatsoever. Um. um well, I think that. Regarding uh, the internalized misogyny from women, I think that a lot of that is social conditioning because (laughs) nobody wants to be a rape victim. It's um, not only because the event itself is traumatic, but because there's the underlying assumption you did something to deserve that. Um, So I think that a lot of women buy into the dichotomy of good girls and bad girls, uh, because if you're good, theoretically, and, I mean, obviously it's why, because, you know, quote-unquote good girls still get raped, but that is a lie that they push. If you're good, if you're respectable, that will not happen to you. So they cling to that respectability because they really think it's going to save them because that's what they've been taught, but it doesn't. Because yeah, I mean, being a rape victim I mean, isn't about how respectable you are. Yes. I was in a conversation with, and it was a couple of women. They were saying, "Well, why would these women go up to Cosby's hotel room if he know if they, you know, if they're going up to his room and they know he's a married man, so they must have wanted to have sex with him?" Or the fact that some of the women admitted or knowingly took the quaaludes. I'm like, just because they knowingly took a drug doesn't mean that's giving them permission to be raped. And to see women defending that in that sense is kind of mind-boggling. So I'm like, so if a guy offers you a drink and you take it and you pass out, so you're basically saying, oh, well, I passed out, so now you have the right to rape me. That's, and I'm like, the nigga did it. He said it in the deposition. I know only gave women quite lose damn sex with him. That's what he said. I, mm-hmm. I know, he, I'm like, he said it out of his own mouth, and it doesn't matter if he admitted to it. He's like, well, that's Dr. Huxtable. Huxtable yeah. didn't do that. Or these women wanted it because they went to his hotel room. Or they know what uh-huh. they go married man. Like, okay, so maybe at that particular time they weren't using great judgment trying to or go up to a room with a married man, but that still does not give them or that wasn't giving Cosby permission to drug him and rape him. Exactly. Exactly. 
And I think that that is something that gets lost a lot um, because it's like, well, you're acting badly, therefore bad things happen to you. But, you know, it's um, that's just not how reality works. Like, bad shit can happen to anybody, <laughs> and it does, uh, you know, no matter who you are as a person. And I think that that gets left behind a lot because everyone wants to focus on, like, what the victim did wrong so that if you don't make those mistakes, you'll never be that victim. That will never happen to you. And that's what they hope for. You know, but of course, reality doesn't work that way, so. Yeah. I think hey, that's Barbara Shani off. Are you going to say that? No, I'm good. <laughs> All right. Oh, uh, let's uh, take care of something. All right, but... gang. Let's let's take a look at um quick uh, breaking news here from yeah. uh, from Lisa Loco. What in the freaking fracking Farkendugel and the Flagenheimer is going on here? Jesus Christ! Yes, this is your uh, hornswoggler of all things, Negro William <laughs> J. Jackson. Uh, looks like we got um three of Cliven Bundy's sons. Well. Yeah. They then gone ahead and they then seized themselves up a federal building up there in Oregon. Yep, in that same place we recently covered in Oregon where a um where a sheriff of the town said, I ain't gonna follow none of them new gun laws and then some feller got himself one of them A K forty sevens and he done went and shot up one of them dat gum daycares with all the little kitty children in it. Now this there now three of them uh, Nevada Rancher uh, Clive and Bundy boys, well well they claimed there were about hundred and fifty militia fellers then they done occupied themselves a federal building in eastern McOregon in order to keep two of them local ranchers up out the dat gum prison system right there. Now, the group, they are believed to be heavily armed, which is a logical belief. Now, according to the Oregonian, the group seized them their headquarters buildings in the Malhar National Wildlife Refuge, about 50 miles outside of Burns, Oregon, and the remote facility was closed and unoccupied at the time. Now, Clive and Bundy and his supporters, they were up in Oregon after two of them fellers. They were scheduled to get thrown on up in the jailhouse and on Monday, because they were setting fires on federal land and I mean that's about freedom that that means you on fire for America and that means you flaming hot for Jesus so they really shouldn't be thrown in the prison house for that all right. Now, according to a report by the Oregon Public Broadcasting, the case done caused up a stir in Eastern Oregon because two of them, their fellers, well, they got charged under anti-terrorism laws, and we all know ain't no such thing as a white American terrorist. Now, two of hold them on. fellers, hold right, on, William, 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 hold Hello. on one second. I found your background music. Hold on. Uh oh. Uh oh. I believe something might be dueling here. Maybe a maybe a banjo. Yeah, you know, I tweeted this story at some people, but apparently nobody's checking their Twitters. It's cool. No worries, y'all. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Shana, you need to find like a banjo playing in the background as William is talking like that. I just hear like bluegrass music or some crazy shit. It just it it amuses me that um. God, sorry, William. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, I've, oh, I've got it. Yeah. I both follow me mostly in a. Tell you what, you gotta fuck with that Trace Atkins, man. I tell you what. Now them two fellers, uh, Dwight and Steve Hammond. Now they appealed their cases uh, multiple times. The report stated. Now, uh. 
Now, they were required to report to prison on Monday, and that militia group, they said Hammond were illegally prosecuted for setting what they claim were a controlled fire because the federal government has no authority at the county level. All right, now, this is something that a lot of folks might not understand, and um, that they're, that they're, um, that lesbian woman, Rachel Maddow, on the liberal media, well, she was explaining this on her program, that uh, you got these fellers that they think that the sheriff is the highest law of the land, and there actually ain't no such thing as a federal government. That don't really exist. And that ideology came from the fact that they were like, you don't send them their federal troops down here to the south and try to tell us how to control the Negros. And that's where that their idea came from, which is why nobody should have been surprised when Clive and Bundy said he could tell you something else he knows about the Negro. All right? Now, uh, the um, here is a quote from uh, from Ammon Bundy. He said, The facility has been the tool to do all the tyranny that has been placed upon by Hammonds. End quote. Now, Cliven Bundy, him a ranching man, and he was engaged in an armed standoff with them federal officers due, due to a dispute that he had with the Bureau of Land Management and was not present. But you see, he wasn't a little colored boy in a park, so they couldn't shoot him. That ain't right. make a country music station and Pandora radio, you will quickly find out that a great deal of what country music is about is white people rejecting respectability politics. <laughs> That's a lot of what it is. All right, back to the discussion. I just, I, I really hope that um, there's actual real interaction between the federal agents and the white people this time instead of the standoff that I keep seeing. Standoffs only happen with white people. I've noticed that. Mm-hmm. Standoff is a white person thing. We don't get standoffs. The closest we got to a standoff was O.J. Simpson and that slow drive-by <laughs> back in 94. We don't get standoffs. We don't get a moment of clarity. We don't get, hey, guy, think about what you're doing. We don't even get... Remy in higher learning trying to open up the locked door while the cops are saying you ain't done nothing wrong yet. We get shot. And we don't get a second chance to make a first impression like Clive and Sons are doing. <laughs> I just, I want to know more about white people. I want to know how to integrate into go. this invincibility club that they have because they must have, like, they must all be slithering. That must be what it is. They must all be in the same house at Hogwarts because they just won't shoot each other. But they'll take us out in a millisecond. And, and, and you think about the Tamir Rice case. Every time I see that video, I cringe. Two seconds within pulling up. Two seconds, he jumps out the car and shoots that boy. 
and I'm thinking that would never have happened if that was a white kid standing there with a toy gun. And then the fact that they blamed it on him. He was big for a 12-year-old. Well, how big – what's a normal 12, a 12-year-old boy? How big is a normal 12-year-old boy? And how would you even know how old he was? You didn't even have a chance to look at him. You jumped out the car and shot him. He looked 30. But <laughs> – Yes, when he said that, I literally just my mouth hit the floor, and I'm thinking he was big for a 12 year old. What the fuck does that mean? Like, what do you, what do you mean he was big for a 12 year old? So that gave you right. Bi- he was big for a 12 year old man. He, he was he was part of big. I mean, like the t- the typical uh, the typical 12 year old is somewhere in the neighborhood of like you know just 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 over like four foot ten something like that right there, All right? But then you like you got colored. 12 year olds and then they 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 come typically in the ranges of like five foot 11 and like so he was big for a colored 12 year old he was probably about like six foot five or something like that there like i i I swore i swore i saw this 12 year old kid uh get a alley from lebron james a few weeks ago you know uh these these uppity negros they just it's, it's got to be the Wheaties. It must be the shoes. They just they do something to just make their kids just sprout up lips and hips. Yeah. They all got big ass lips and big ass hips. I just and and, and I'll tell you what too. He wears a triple XL for a muscle shirt. That boy swole, man. I'll tell you what. And when we hopped out the car, uh, I know you thought it only took two seconds, but in reality, he was actually in the car with us, beating us like a big black hole. You 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 got to understand. It was no hesitation on his part to try and kill me, so I had to take him out first because niggers. Yep. Well, I'm just saying. trying to avoid getting his eye socket broken like Darren Wilson. That's all. I didn't flip that young that young black nigra uh, that girl's desk over with her in it. I was trying to uh, get her coat out from underneath one of the uh, chair legs, and, and she just fell forward. You know, I was uh, my daughter brought it up. My my fourteen year old daughter told me when that case happened with the him flipping a girl over the desk. I noticed the media kept calling her a woman. It was like he flipped that woman over to her desk. But then so did R. Kelly. No, no, no. But then when they talk about the um uh, and I don't even I forgot the boy's name because I don't really give a shit about him. But the 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 boy that the kid that shot the uh, nine people in Charleston, the media called him a boy. That, that young man. He was twenty. What was he twenty? So you got a 16-year-old black girl on the media. She's portrayed as a, a woman, but here's his boy. He's grown, but he he's a boy. He's a, he's a young yeah. girl. And, and let me let me spit this out, and then I'll fall back in the background where I'm supposed to be for this episode, real quick here. But also, um, speaking of the media and this stuff, and then sort of uh, and then sort of recentering uh, Bill Cosby, uh, niggas like Tariq Nasheed are fucking lying. All right, like first off, um, <laughs> lying about the Star Wars thing because I and I know I'm gonna sound like I'm bragging or talking some shit here, but uh, I do I take what I do kind of serious. I sat down and listened to that whole boring ass one hour George Lu- George Lucas interview, and you know what? George Lucas was trying to say George Lucas was trying to say that um, capitalism inherently upholds white supremacy so when you see that 
that clickbait headline where it says, sold my company to white slavers. When you listen to the whole interview, he was talking about how capitalism goes hand in hand with white supremacy. Now, um, the other bullshit Tariq Nasheed is lying about is how the white supremacist media is uh, trying to destroy Bill Cosby. Uh, sit down and watch Fox News for two or three hours. The Bill Cosby is their man, and they are framing things as uh, these hoes ain't loyal, these broads is lying, and tw- 12 years old, and what is this? And one of them, they had a lawyer on bragging about how she would have got this thrown out already. All right, then um, let's go back to Rush Limbaugh. Let's dance back in the Wayback Machine. It's archived if you listen to Black and Atheist Podcasters. It's archived in audio. Rush Limbaugh getting out ahead of the pack defending Bill Cosby, all right, like the white supremacist media's forum. But then let's go over to who I am currently building the argument is the most dangerous voice right now for white supremacy, Alex Jones. I think my main man Rashani recently heard some of that. Um, Alex Jones is um is doing his best to like um like he'll he'll mention Bill Cosby as a way to flip it back to uh to say that Bill Clinton's a rapist and don't vote for Hillary and he's also supporting Bill Cosby and trying to downplay this shit the the real blatant in your face white supremacist media they're they're down with Bill Cosby and the reason why is cuz they like their house nigga they like their coons they want to keep them in the house especially when Harriet comes around. All right. That's, I just had to say that. Yes. Yeah, and you know, Tariq Nasheed doesn't necessarily surprise me. <laughs> right? Wasn't he just um, a R. Kelly a week or so ago? Yeah, I was, I, the last episode I did for the Span Report was uh, to protect your daughters, and a lot of that was surrounding the um, some of the commentary that Tariq Nasheed uh, had surrounding the R. Kelly interview on HuffPost Live, right? And he tried to frame it as if the Huffington Post Live was setting R. Kelly up for a fall, like they were sabotaging R. Kelly and everything else. Well, I was in the chat room for that Huffington Post Live episode. Uh, there was also Sterling from the Gaming and Then Some podcast, who was also in that chat room. There was Chris from the uh, Movie Trailer Reviews podcast that was also in that chat room. There were a lot of questions coming through that chat that R. Kelly wasn't ready for. And the Huffington Post staff, the moderators, were screening folks out. They were kicking folks out of that chat room. They were banning people. They were erasing some of the questions that were being asked of R. Kelly in that chat room. They were protecting him in that chat room. So, But Tariq Nasheed's fans won't necessarily go and look that stuff up. As a matter of fact, I remember I posted an article from Madame Noir who kind of called Rashid out for his tweets about the white supremacy in Ebony Magazine and how that R. Kelly interview played out. And, you know, he said that they were lying on him. I had a few folks that were probably Tariq Nasheed fans come to my Facebook to say that this article was a bunch of lies. And then I go and find out, like, wait a minute, everything that they quoted this motherfucker on, he said it. He said it, and I played that shit on my show. So, like, if it, it, for Tariq Nasheed, I think it's, just, it's, it's been a really interesting twist, right, to see him transform from the Mac Lessons radio show into this hotep nigga that he is now where everything is about white supremacy, and he's not necessarily telling you how to have sex with beautiful and, 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 and abundance of women all the time. But 
it's just interesting not only just to see his transition, but how lazy a lot of his fucking followers and listeners are. They'll look at a hidden television <laughs> about black history ever. <laughs> and it is it, 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 doing construction work. What is that? Uh-oh. Yeah, I'm I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> oh. oh, I I heard I heard something something um, Yeah, uh, you were talking and then all of a sudden I heard like wrapping up the construction work in the background. I heard that. Uh, yeah, we we um, missed your last few words. No, saying that it was it was quite interesting to see Tariq Nasheed's transition from from the Act Lessons Radio Show to the Tariq Elite Show that he does now, where he's kind of trying to distance himself from some of the things that he said instead of just owning up to a lot of the shit that he says. Instead of just saying, "Hey, yeah, I said this. I might not necessarily believe this anymore." But this is what I said. Instead of doing that, he'll say that Madame Noir is lying on him, and then his fans will come out, and then they'll say, well, that article's full of shit. Well, damn, did you research the article? Did you go and hit the, the links that they actually provided you on the article to, to show you what exactly they were referring to? You know, a lot of them aren't going to do that. They're very fucking lazy. And it, it, it's, it's, ah, it's a headache and a half just watching this shit unfold. <laughs> All right, now we are at the um, we're at the bottom of the first hour, and um, all right, so let's take a look here. So, um, at, at, we're, I, I'm going to play one short break because uh, we do have a lot of voices, so I'm not going to play like the typical 15 uh, minute break. We're going to play the three minute break where uh, we highlight Bold Blue Media and my homegirl Madison Page, and um, and then Rashani Loco. When you hear that music fade out, that's going to be your cue to bring in this one. What is the deal with the uh, with your main man out there in Texas that says rape is non-existent in marriage? I need you to lead that story off. What in the holy hell darn is going on there? All okay. right, so uh, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, you're gonna lead that story uh, right after this break with Bold Blue Media and the homegirl Madison Page waking up. Yeah. If you're more of a reader than a listener, you can peep our written content at socialdissonance.wordpress.com. If you don't sign up at the Wine Cellar Patreon, then you hate black people. I'm waking up, the action does. I wipe my brow and I sweat my rust. The chemicals. I'm breaking in, shaping up, then checking out on the prison bus. This is it, the apocalypse. Whoa, I'm waking up. I feel it in my bones. You can contact him at at the Father Teresa on Twitter. What do you get when you subscribe to Bold Blue Magazine? How about one convenient place to keep up with state and local democratic politics? And a place to get a local take on national issues? Plus, interesting and thought-provoking entertainment from around the world. But that's not all. When you subscribe to Bold Blue Magazine, you're helping to elect state and local democratic candidates. 
and you're helping to advance state and local progressive causes. And that helps make a difference in the lives of real people in our communities. Because every dollar of your subscription allows us at Bold Blue Media to keep costs for candidate training and services ridiculously low. So that every Democrat who wants to run for office and make a difference can. Choose your subscription level and let's get to work building something great together. Subscribe today. Wow, that is discrimination. <laughs> no, I, Coming I, from a black man. That's not the misuse of that word. <laughs> Reading in the Shade with Phoenix Kalita. Texas, um, by the name of Republican Representative Jonathan Sticklin, uh, has reportedly joked recently that rape was, quote, non-existent in marriage and that husbands could, quote, take what you want from their wives. In recently revealed online comments, State Representative Jonathan Sticklin talks about marital rape and his fondness for marijuana. The comments were provided to the quorum report by Stickland's. Is it Strickland or Stickland? Because y'all putting up, it's Stickland. By Stickland's Republican primary opponent, Pastor Scott Fisher. Using the profile name Stick, Stickland responded to a question about sex with his wife in a comment posted to a fantasy football discussion forum in 2008. Quote, rape is non existent in marriage. Take what you want, my friend, end quote. The lawmaker reportedly wrote to another forum user who complained that his wife would not perform the reverse cowboy position during sex. Stickland suggested in another comment that he wanted to cheat on the drug test. Quote, they are stupid for doing this to me. I am the residential manager. Lead company of sales every month, and now we'll see how they respond. Stickland allegedly explained, I smoke weed maybe two or three times a year. He's lying, y'all. First of all, I just want to break in and say that Nate Dog said it correctly. He smokes weed every day. Anyhow, <laughs> the user called Stick later revealed that he had purchased a detox drink and was trying to hide it from his wife. This dude tells everything online, doesn't he? Like, dude, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. You're just you're exposing all games. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He also said that he was looking for a, quote, smoke buddy and that anyone interested could contact him by email <laughs> at jstickland.com. Sticklin, who describes himself as a, quote, Christian, conservative, liberty-loving Republican on Twitter, said that, quote, by the grace of God, my past sins were forgiven. 
Following the publication of Stickland's online comments, he has only posted a single message on his normally usually, normally busy timeline, quote, liberty, end quote. Now, a few things I want to I wanna touch on on this situation. First of all, a long time ago, a long, long, long time ago, back when podcasting was brand new, uh, a lot of us podcasters came together and realized that if you apologize the right way and you're white, all your sins are forgiven, you just have to say three things. You have to say, walk with God. You have to say that your family understands. And you have to say that you're sorry, not sorry for your offenses. By doing this, <clears throat> I uh I apologize for anyone who was offended by my actions when I was saying that uh, I should be allowed to rape my wife whenever I want to and uh, for saying that drug tests suck. Um, please uh, give my family and I patience and, and privacy as we work through this trying time. And uh, walk with me as I walk with God who has forgiven me as you should forgive me too. Vote for me. How dumb do you have to be to actually stand up and say, how, how, how vapid do you have to be? How wrong, that's the word, how wrong are you? How fucked up are you to say to a, anybody that you're allowed to rape your wife because you're married? How can you even use the word rape in a conversation regarding your significant other, regarding anybody? You know, how can you even try and put that into somebody's head? Like, those two things should never walk side by side. That word should be abolished from day-to-day usage. Saying it like um, somebody raped me on my taxes, somebody raped me in this video game, um, it's all right to rape your wife if you're married. These are all reprehensible terms. And and if you don't get that by now, you don't deserve to lead your state into anything. You don't deserve to run for anything. You should just sit your happy ass down and learn something. It, it's just it's it's funny to me that this dude is so um, interested in talking to random people that he's never met in person that he is willing to completely destroy the relationship he has with his wife by saying that I'm allowed to rape my wife. Me personally, me, Rashani, this guy over here, that's me in the corner. If my wife even looks sleepy, I don't try and touch her. I will go and jack the fuck off. Because it uh, just... Well, maybe. Maybe he's a fan <laughs> of the Biblical Gender Roles website. That, that is very true. <laughs> you know uh-huh. what I mean? <laughs> Where the Bible says... The way of life. I've been married for a while, and when my wife says no, that's the end of the conversation. She ain't even got to say no. You you say, hey, baby, how are you? Oh, yeah, I, I got that. Yeah. I don't know what that means. I'm going to just roll over, and when you fall asleep, I'm going to roll out of bed. I'm not even going to stand up and walk out of bed. I'm going to roll out of bed and army crawl into the bathroom and take care of myself. You wait till you fall I, I, I listen to the Something in Common podcast. And with, with Michael Wright, that just means he gets to go and play video games. I catch hell for that, too. But you wasn't trying to mess with me tonight, so hell. So I just get all the joysticks tonight. I mean, I don't understand this, this vapid 
belief. And it, it's not like it's growing in strength. It's always been there. It's like a hurricane that won't die down of men who just believe that once they are married, they are allowed to do whatever they want to their wives. Somebody told me once a long time ago that they can't, you can't file charges against your significant other if you're married. You can't file rape charges if you're married. You can't file nothing if you're married because y'all are the same person. Like, what the fuck? That is the dumbest thing I've you. I think they got that confused with your wife can't well, be forced to testify against you <laughs> if she doesn't want to. Right. I think that's where they got that shit confused with. Yeah. And it's, it's well, that like, is actually, like, a really recent thing, though. Like, until very recently, spousal rape was not illegal in all 50 states. And in some states, it's still really hard to prove. Um, if there's no um, weapons involved, like if your partner doesn't come at you with a weapon and rape you, you can't even charge them or, like, report to police and have them charged for spousal rape, like, to this day. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's just, to me, it's it's funny. It's not funny, but it is funny. Just how absolutely useless this guy must be in his day-to-day life. <laughs> like, you read these statements that he's typing out and he's tweeting out, which, by the way, were picked up by pastor whoever. Like, like the pastor, the thing about it is, I'm closing my eyes and I imagine that the pastor believes a lot of the stuff that Stickland believes, but he's not going to be dumb enough mm-hmm. to say it out loud. But, you know, the biblical gender role states that he should be able to do these things. So the pastor probably got Stickland's back in that situation with everything else. He's, he's just wrong. He's absolutely wrong about the marijuana. That's what I took umbrage to was the marijuana part. And, and, and this dude, he, he's counseling people online. This is the scary part, fellas. This is the scary part, Feeney. This is the scary part, America. He's counseling people online and giving them the wrong advice. <laughs> now, uh, now, uh, sh- shout out to the uh, to the chat spaces. Uh, the uh, shout out to the flash chat. Um, see, Avery Loco posted up on the joint. Christina Loco, uh, Fleeterson, um, the guests um, that are going by numbers: Deuce, Deuce, Deuce eight, two nine, two six, two seven. Uh, Trey Deuce, Trey nine. Uh, posted up in there, Rosita Loco, uh, Ro- Rosita Loco. How you doing, Miss Lady, ma'am? Uh, over there in there, Miss 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 and and Amy Bag Shoes, couple of nice woman ladies in there. Uh, folks are hanging out. I saw another one of the homie locos posted up in the joint, uh, talking about um, these folks uh, running to that m- misogynor insult Negro bedwinch. That shit is fucking gross. All right, that? and uh, Herman to me, because I've been hearing it. Quite often on Facebook. What is a Negro bedwinch? Um, it's it's for the most part it's essentially a um a misogynoir insult, right? Misogynoir hatred of black women in particular, right? Um, and it's uh it's this it's this way of just saying in in practice as they use it because you ask five different hoteps, you'll get five different answers. 
So you go by context. How are they using it? It is used as you are a black woman that dare open your face and disagree with me. I must now insult you in the context of your sexuality. That's all it is. It's an insult in the context of sexuality based on the fact that a woman would dare open her face and try to have, like, an opinion, like a man or something. And you know women, ladies, can't have no opinion like no man. Most often I see it applied to women who have had relations, black women who have had relationships with white men, which I appreciate. Yes, I mean, I've seen it, that, I've seen it uh, a lot. That's why I was wondering what? what was the origin of it. Yeah, and, and I find it to be interesting because a lot of these guys were like, oh, uh, you know, Negro bedwench are oftentimes guys will be like, Man, now white women have that ass. It's over for black women. Nobody want to be with black women. You're too argumentative and too angry. That's why I'm going to date me an Asian woman. And, you know, Latinos can cook better. Like, okay, but we're Negro bedwinches, though. All right. Well, one guy just pulled an answer right out of his ass in the middle of a thread one time. And he was just like, well, I mean, it's just any black woman that upholds white supremacy. All right, but what is she at? Really? All right, but you're saying bed winch. Like, you're still using uh, the language of sexuality in it. So, it's like, I mean, just stop bullshitting. Well, you know, it's... You know. I, I, I look at it like this, right? If I see somebody who says the terms Negro bread winch, coon train, um, what was the other one? There was Negro bed winch, butter biscuit. Train, butter biscuit. I know where they got it from. Right, I know where they got it from. It's like you know where Tariq Nasheed uh, alkalite is. Anytime those come out, it's like okay, I know where you get a lot of your shit from. And I'm not, and I, I no longer actually take anything you say seriously from here on out. That's just how it is. That's just what it is. Yeah. Now you, now you want to know how it, how it really is, brother man. I'm, I'm gonna tell you how it really is. You see, now hold on. Now listen here. Listen here now. <laughs> Now sometimes you have family disputes, and sometimes you you know you can handle family disputes like some punk ass European, or you can do it like an American. And if there's a problem over laundry, well then somebody gonna get shot. Now, uh, now uh, alcohol and guns could be the worst idea ever conceived by humanity. Drinking too much, and uh, whoa, what is? Ooh, ooh! I, I love how they just load ads right in the middle of these articles. Now, <laughs> now, uh, drinking too much induces poor judgment and anger. Now, guns produce death and destruction when uh, subject to poor judgment and anger. Now, this is the main thing. A 54-year-old feller, which means he's an experienced American, well, he was apparently arguing over the washing machine, according to the Daily Mail. And that done escalated into this feller just uh, pulling out his uh, his shooting gun and uh, take, taking a few bullets out on his bedridden wife, his son's girlfriend, and then he fired a few rounds of liberty into a 27-year-old feller that was just visiting. He said, you're going to be in this house, you're going to get treated like a free man. And then uh, his son... Uh, his son then wrestled the gun from the father and then shot him too. And uh, so the senseless death toll over a washing machine is four people. I tell you what, now if we're going to start the new year, you're going to start it like that there. Wow. That is. Uh, Wait, did you say that? It's going to be a great year. The wife was bedridden. Somebody was bedridden, right? 
Oh, 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 yeah. So he got rid of her. He said, you're going to be bedridden. I'm going to get rid of you. So how the hell are you fighting a bedridden person over washing machine? But she wouldn't get off the bed so he could wash the sheets. That ain't right. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Even make this shit up like this. Like those are those stories though. You 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 load them in, and it's like, what can you do other than clown on it? What can you do? And they, and then you just have to you just have to take it here. You just like fuck it. You know what? Because it's just it's just way too American. I mean, hell, man. Like I, I was about to head out to work. What up? Dead. That's not funny, but you you kill the you kill the because she's bedridden. So clearly y'all are not at the washing machine fighting. Like you can wash whatever the fuck you want to wash because she can't get out the goddamn bed. I don't forget it. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, well, you know, you you, you you gotta love it. Now, um, now Michael Wright. Uh, we've got Michael Wright here and um, and Antoine Spann here, who have uh, never been here before. Now, Michael Wright, I, I've, I've mentioned, I've told folks like, um, like, ah, man, it's this uh, this uh, something and something in common program. But you're about to start another program, and I had shared the link to tell some folks in the social networks that that follow me. What's this new program that you're starting? Actually, it's with my daughter, and it's daddy's difficult to understand. Uh, this was actually her idea. She starting to take an interest in the podcast, and so she said, Daddy, I think we should do a show together. So I let her come up with all the topics and said, well, I want you to put it together. This is what you want to do, put it together. So she came up with the title, and the basis of the show is just going to be talking about the... the, the Uh-oh, hold up. You sound, you sound really distant. Are you far away from your microphone? Nope. Can you hear me now? I can still hear you. Wait, wait where's all that air? Is there, Are any of you outside? There's a lot of air. He's outside. Oh, you're right. You're outside at the at the subway getting a big ass sandwich. <laughs> but uh, all right. So Michael Wright said you do it. It's called Daddy's Just Don't Understand with your daughter. Yeah, with my 17 year old daughter. She's um, actually getting ready to attend Howard University next year. So the basis of the show is just talking about the dynamic between fathers and daughters and when I have conversations with her we, we have these weird conversations with everything going on in her life how I just I don't really get a lot of these stuff that these teenagers are into so we thought it'd be a fun idea to just talk about just talk about how how different we see life and and how fathers nowadays, we have a difficulty understanding our teenage daughters and what they go through on a daily basis. So it's just going to be a fun show we're going to put together. And um, we're going to talk about everything from current events to music to just life in general and, and base a lot of it around family as well and how my divorce from her mother, how it affected her and, and you know, how that kind of stuff affects kids. And it's going to be kind of directed more to the, the teenage viewers. So, 
think it'll be a fun idea, and I appreciate you for sharing that. I wasn't expecting that, but I do appreciate it, sir. Oh yeah, I'm 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 always trying to see what's what's going on. So I, I was like, ah, there we go. What's going on? We got we got black men being fathers and shit. Like I I will t- I will tell that story too. And if that story's being told, I'm gonna goddamn amplify it. So hell yes. And then um oh and, and Rashani Loco, we've got your microphone hot again. And then um and okay. then Antoine Span, I'm gonna turn your microphone back on. You were outside, I was getting a whole bunch of air with them. But and Antoine Span, I've actually I no one I had not been introduced to you before. Like I just uh, I had made a post about Cosby, and then Rashani Loco tagged you in the post, and then fast forward and we're here now. So like, yeah. what is uh your pro- what is your program in general? Like, what do you do there? Well, typically the Span Report is really about what's going on in the news and just how I feel about it. And um, a lot of times you'll find me doing news on subjects like a Tariq Nasheed or Bill Cosby or R. Kelly, or sometimes you'll find me doing a story about good gun news because I am a gun, I'm a Second Amendment proponent. I'm one of the few people that I know that actually advocate for the ownership of guns. So uh, I talk a little bit about that. You know, sometimes I'll uh, I'll go off and I'll, I'll do a segment where I, I talk about who's really stupid this week. Like, I, I have a segment called The Ass Hat of the Week, and Raven Simone has been a, con- a contestant on that show quite often. So, uh, yeah, man, the, the despair report is really what's going on in the news and how the everyday man, and from my perspective, feels about it. And uh, what I usually try to use the show to do is to make folks think a little bit more than um, – you know, especially like some of the guys that I know, some of the guys that I grew up with, just kind of think about some things on a on a play where you hadn't really thought about this this perspective much at all. And I've learned a lot of things since doing since doing the show. I learned a lot of things from like listening to other shows, and so I I, I just try to bring that perspective as often as I can and as thorough as I can every week. All right, that that's wicked. Now, what, now can I can I find it in what iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn? Where am I finding this? You can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, TheSpanReport.com, and when Google Play Music finally allows the podcast option to go live, it's already on there too. Yeah, I got I got the email notification saying that they accepted my RSS feed, but I don't even I don't know how to find it to test it out to see if it's working right. So yes, so there uh, so there is uh, there's also that. Thank you. All right, so look, hasn't live yet. So like, what they're trying to do right now is they're trying to basically populate uh, the service. So when it does go live, they'll already have a shit ton of shows available for folks. Uh, but the service hasn't gone live yet. So as soon as it goes live, your show should be available there as well. Now, you know what this makes me think of? We need to keep a Hawkeye on when it goes live, and it makes me think of the word conspiracy. Now, right now, because of clowns like Alex Jones and um, Tariq Dick Signals Nasheed, if you don't know why I'm saying Dick Signals, you need to check out a show called Social Justice Bullies, and you'll laugh your ass off. And um, fucking uh, conspiracy. Uh, black podcasters, we need to all get our RSS feeds in there. And then as soon as Google Play goes live, we start um, tweeting, Facebooking, uh, Instagramming. I think the cool kids do that now. Tumble um black podcasts and Google Play and just um, and just blow up the spot with our shows and each other's shows. 
which would be we would be conspiring to do that it would be a conspiracy and conspiracies are is not always some weird thing that some guy in texas in his basement is uh it's just making up out of his ass it's not always just Tariq nasheed saying that every black feminist is a cia agent including rachel dolezal for some reason okay all of girls and uh <clears throat> so yeah yeah, like I, I think that'll be a, a, a good little conspiracy to do right there. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yes, and single simulcast. Amy Bagshoes jumped ahead of me there. Single simulcast gives you the full sensory experience. If folks that follow me in the social networks or listen to this program don't know about single simulcast yet, you must have just recently started tuning in. Like I, I follow I follow that show so hard to the point of where um. During Black Podcast Week, hosted by Leslie Mack, I uh, I typed up a damn essay about single simulcast because that's because that's my shit. All right, all the way from um from the serious, hard hitting monologues to um to personal journal stories about Thug Spider. Like I fuck with single simulcast. I'm always oh. I'm always ready. <laughs> what oh, up? Is there, is there okay. updates on Thug Spider? No, fuck that nigga. Um, fuck that, fuck that fuck fire, fuck that fucking fuck, fuck. Anyhow, I got a snake. I meant to ask you about that damn snake. I saw you said you were snake shopping. I bought a snake named Omar, and it is right next to me. And Omar is a gangster. Oh, what kind of snake is it? It's a banana California king snake. Oh yeah! I want pictures. I will send them. They, it, he is so thug. But here's the thing: I put a um, he was supposed to eat at some point in his life, so I tried to feed him a mouse, and the mouse like stood on his head and said, "Nigga, what up?" So um, we took the mouse back out and put <laughs> the mouse into a separate bag, and so now the mouse is in one bag, and Omar is like burrowed up in his home sleep, and. I um, want to now keep the mouse because the mouse was so gangster that I tried to feed it to my snake and the and the mouse was like fuck you nigga I'm Ricky Ticky Tavi up in this bitch and um Omar was like we can kick it so but here's the thing I don't know I put them both into a box together and closed the box like I thought the snake was just gonna fuck the mouse up and I opened it back up and he was still there so they might have been talking um, like yo, yo why are we beefing when he's the one who put us both in this box to kill one another. Don't you know we got to put our hands together, make a stand, because we all in the same gang. So now I'm scared that Mouse is going to try and kill me. And I'm wondering if Omar is going to try and buck up against me. So, yeah. You should probably feed your snake pre-killed. That's what I thought, too, right? We were like, we don't want to mess with no life. We're black. This place we went to had hissing cockroaches, dog. Like, you know, who the, what? 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 You want me to openly buy a cockroach and bring it into my house? What? What? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. She so, just make pre-killed things. So we were like, we're gonna buy some frozen, some frozen food for this snake. We gonna feed him some, uh, some fish sticks, right? And and Kanye West and um, the the woman was like, you don't want to feed him frozen stuff because I got and and shout out to the black guy who tips. Guess the race. This woman said, I got 20 fucking snakes in my house. 
You need to feed them live food. You don't feed them no frozen stuff because if they no. got ice in their belly still, it'll kill them. So I'm a dummy. I'm like, okay. And no, so don't. I, oh, my God. No, no, no. Don't feed them live food. Don't do that. I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna take the mouth back. I'm feeding it right now. I'm feeding it some uh, corn, and then tomorrow I'm gonna take it back and get a frozen one. That that mouth is gonna be hub as shit by tomorrow. I hear it in there. It's like scratching its name up on the wall and shit, gang banging, banging on tracks. Um, but <laughs> and I, but um, Omar is cool as a fan. Like he is the cutest thing ever, and he's so chill and everything. And right now he's just burrowed up. That's how I get down. You know, I don't like spiders but I like snakes. I don't like mice, but I like hamsters. I don't like all white people, but white people aren't bad. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you right now, I'm looking at the um, at the archive chat room and the Facebooks, if some, if anyone's tuned in or catching the archive, which this look, from the look of the numbers right now, this is going to be one of those episodes that's going to be a bit busier than usual. Uh, the, uh, the homie Rosita Loco in the archive chat room, like her comments on your snake very much match her profile picture. Like it's just, she's got the Heisman hand up like, fuck no, no. Her, like her comments are, um, what, black people like snakes? When the fuck did that happen? She I thought we only brought dogs and maybe a cat or two. What? Oh, I love snakes. Me? Man, you know, First of all, I'm a fucking crisis. I love snakes. I'm a crisis. Fuck cats. I hate cats. Like if you're, <laughs> if you like cats, I will openly call you a cat lover with the same voice white people use to call white people nigger lovers. And I will say you're a cat lover, and I will shun you. But a snake, nigga. A snake, nigga. Let me tell you something about snakes, dog. First of all, the snake was the thing that Jesus couldn't take down. Nigga, let's talk about this for a second. The snake was so motherfucking oh, cold. Shit. Nigga, the snake was standing on the corner with his horns crossed and his leg crossed watching Eve eat an apple. And he was like, yo, Eve, what's good? And Eve was like chilling. And the snake was like, yo, motherfucker, you see that tree right there? And she was like, yeah. He was like, eat some shit. And she was like, God said I couldn't. And he was like, yeah, God said that shit, but I'm a motherfucking snake. Eat that shit. And the snake was like, yo. And the snake was like, hey, if you eat that shit, you're going to be smart as a motherfucker. You need to try that shit. Try that shit out real quick. Watch what happens. Don't believe me. Just watch. And Eve was like, I'm going to try this shit. And so she took a bite, and she was like, oh, shit, I'm naked. And he was like, yep, them some nice ones. Hey. Go get your homeboy. Go get your homeboy, Adam. Go get your little boyfriend. And so she went and got Adam, and the snake was like, hey, tell him what I told you. And she told him the same thing, and God was like, fucking snake. And that's why snakes are gangster, yo. Snakes are the bastards. This show is so black that Father Teresa makes me get a tan before I go on this show. (laughs) That's good. William said he won't attend my wedding unless I crip walk into my reception. (laughs) That. Father Teresa makes me get a tan before I go on this show. Fuck cockroaches. Like, who the fuck buys... People buy hissing cockroaches as pets. Who does that? I don't know, man. Who wants to openly bring roaches into the house? Black folks have spent their entire existence getting them out of their house. We shun cousins who we think look like they might maybe have roaches in their garage. (laughs) And somebody's buying cockroaches by the time and bringing them into their house. You are a better man than me, sir. I've been fighting for you to get a turtle, and my wife won't let me have a fucking turtle. You know what? <laughs> I, I just got a turtle. Like she is, 
She won't let me have a turtle. What you need to do is you need to get what you need to do here's the easy way to go about getting yourself a turtle. Check this out. Buy four of them motherfuckers. Buy a rat. Come if they're all in training. She won't say shit after that. Fucking lettuce and shit. Like I want him in like a one of them little fish takes with the rock so he can sit on the rock and just chill out and do shit. And she won't let me have a fucking turtle. So. Oh man, we saw one up there because it's, it's a place called the Serpentarium. It's really dope. Like seriously, it's really dope. We went in there and they had a diamondback terrapin, and Kid Austin was like, "Oh, that's so dope." And I was like, "Yeah, it is." And the woman was like, "Yeah, it gets to be so big that that shit is rideable." I was like, yo, yo, I want to ride a terrapin to work. Oh, and I don't want no big ass turtle like that. I just want the little motherfucker that ain't gonna get real big. And, and you, hell, what kind of turtle are you talking about? You can ride. What I want to ride a terrapin <laughs> to work. I just want to point in place. Hey, talk about one of them old ass Galapagos Island turtles. So great, oh, no. yeah. I'm gonna post up some pictures of Omar. Right now he's chilling, but um, he's awesome. He's Yay. like, they call him a banana. They call him banana California king snakes because they look like a speckled banana. They're like a uh, light yellow with black splotches on them, and he is so cute. He is so bomb. Aww. He's so much better than a cat. I guarantee you. You put a cat up against my spy or against my snake, my snake will whoop that funky cat's behind. Stupid cat. William. Always taking up all the good William. black man's air. Stinking <laughs> cat. Can't trust no cat. Nah, cats are evil though. Like seriously, I don't do cats. Them little motherfuckers are evil. Man, you know what? Little you know what cats want to do? <laughs> you haven't, you haven't oh, seen what my fiance is gonna let me get. Uh, Google Maine Coon, which is obviously that's a big part nah, of. Nah, man, I'm the Maine Coon cat. around here. I'm the Maine Coon around here. What's up? That's <laughs> like a derogatory term, William. Maine Coon. <laughs> she wasn't telling you about the animal. She was telling you about your place. <laughs> Yo, uh, Michael. It's a um, it's a, a breed of cat that's mostly found in uh, in Maine, and it's uh, and it's because its tail looks kind of like a raccoon. They call it the Maine Coon, and they're huge. Dude, they you know are what? big I, ass I, cats. I just changed my Twitter name to Maine Coon. <laughs> well, I wanna I wanna get one, and I wanna name it um, Ace Boone H N I C. So then when I take it to the vet, you know the vet has to say your animal's name, so they Wait, have to come out and say, hmm? William, I'm looking at a picture of one of these cats. They look like little fucking lions. Like, what are you, what the hell? Thunder. <laughs> Thunder. Damn, <laughs> no, man. What, what the hell are you going to do with it? I mean, it looks like, like a lynx. That's what it looks like, like a fucking wild cat that like hunts deer or something. What are you going to do with this thing? I don't smoke weed and play Halo and shit. Like we're gonna be chilling, listening to Snoop Dogg records. Hold on, it has to be done real quick, real quick. Show went all the way left, did it? <laughs> he has clear memories of the 80s. 
<laughs> so, I don't know. Well, you could, like, use it to do, like, arm curls, though, because they're, like, 30 pounds. So. Yeah. And imagine what that purr is like. Yo, that's probably like a fucking motorcycle, yo. That's up. And I tell you, and the vet, the vet has to come out of the office and say, Mr. Jackson, your main coon, Ace Boon, H-N-I-C, is doing fantastic. Like, I want to I wanna force these doctors to have to say that. And I got to get one of those cats, and I got to name them Ace Boon, H-N-I-C. And I know, and I know um, a lot of the white homies tune into the program. H-N-I-C is head nigga in charge. And as, as the head nigga in charge, I would like to lead you into a little bit of sports. I know folks are... Uh, Folks are into the foosball. I know everybody likes a little Bobby Boucher in their life, a little bit of that there. Well, they were having some commentary on one of them sports-talking programs, and, well, they, they had some, some thoughts and words and whatnot about things. Doesn't, he just doesn't become shaken in, in the face of adversity, and that for a young quarterback is crucial to being successful. Yeah, I would say a lot of it, he got the protection up front yeah. and gets yeah, the ball sure. out of his hand. I, I, I love that football commentary, I think, is like where some of the finest – it's like men mansplaining to each other. Like they so overstate the obvious in football commentary. Like now this player, he's here to play. Now I don't know if you knew that, but when he catches the ball, he uses his hands. Like they just overstate the obvious on a higher level in football when commentary. All, but every I once in a while. Huh? Huh? When I give my all, yeah. oh, I give a hundred percent. And 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 if you only lose by five, you gave a hundred and ten percent. Well, he got the protection up front yeah. and gets yeah. the ball out of his hand. That's, That's the right. Big he gets the ball. He goes to his progression. He reads the defense. And Robert, you know, as a quarterback, most of the black quarterbacks they like running because they're probably used to running from the laws. And so wait, I, think, wait, I, I like wait. that they got the black guy to say that. Wait, what? this is Dexter. The black Manley. quarterbacks like running. This is Dexter. Run from the cops. Dexter Manley was convicted of cocaine. This nigga did more running from the law than anybody. Like, <laughs> what? This nigga's whole football career was messed up because he smoked crack. Like, oh, never mind. Go ahead. Go ahead. Here's a little something about a nigga like me. Always being found smoking crack in the NFC. Dexter Manley would like to say that I'm a dark skinned nigga from around the way. Since I'm back to the 80s, I smoked crack out. Now, I'm the linebacker that you know about smoking a joint or two, talking shit with my crew. You don't like how I'm living? Well, fuck you. This is the game, and I'm winning. I give 120% every inning with a left. <laughs> this show is so black that Father Teresa makes me get a tan before I go on this show. <sighs> this nigga messed like, up his... The black quarterbacks, they like running because they probably used to running from the laws. And I like so I think that, that, just notice the the plural of it running from the laws. And I, <laughs> I don't even know is that multiple police forces at once? Are you running from that's the from the county them. sheriffs and from the city police department? That's all of them. You running from the alphabet boys, the FBI, <laughs> the CIA, the, the BOJ, uh, the Elroy, <laughs> the DPD, the CPD. PLC <laughs> is looking for you. Running from, from the Spartan taxes. Warriors. The LBCs. That nigga, how fast he was. For cocaine possession. Like, here's the funny thing about it. Here's the sad, funny thing about it. Real talk. You know, he told that story in a private chat. He told that joke in a private setting, and that joke killed. 
because you're not going to go to the media. You're not going to go out there in the open public. You're not going to go somewhere where like tens of thousands or maybe even up to millions of people are watching you and put out a joke that you don't know isn't going to kill, you know? So somewhere along the line, he's told that joke about black quarterbacks and how they're fast they run from the cops, and everybody laughed like he was Bill Cosby at the pound cake speech. That's the scary part. That he felt comfortable enough to tell that joke because somebody big upped him enough on that racist-ass joke that he felt like it was okay to tell. That's crazy. See the other people on oh, that were on the set, they had to look on their face like, oh, shit. Like, they had the look on their face like the little girl. It's loud. <laughs> they had the look on their face like the like the big sister when the blueberry girl fell off the table. Blueberries, blueberries. She fell off, and the girl, her sister, was like, <gasps> "That's how the people." Stand yeah, around. like right, right at the moment that I have it paused as I'm looking at the screen, the white dude next to him. He's got that uncomfortable look. Like it's that look of like I know I shouldn't be laughing at this. I just started reading Bell Hooks last week. What the fuck? Like, like he, and he's like, God damn it! I, I love the look. Let, let's play out the rest of the clip. Let's see where this one goes. I mean, may, maybe he's gonna flip it around. I'm sure he's gonna flip it around and say something great. Quarterbacks they like running because they probably used to running from the laws. And so I think more importantly is that uh, this guy has gone through his progression. He just plays well. Uh, yeah, that's going to be hard to, uh, yeah. to come off after that. But I will say this about, about Kirk Cousins. He has not gotten hit. Oh, damn. He did He did the, the, the loving please don't talk anymore arm touch. Like he reached over and, and touched his arm ever so gently like a, like, like a, like a very, uh, like a church lady. It was a church lady arm touch. And, and it's that arm touch that now if, you, now if it was an authentic church lady, what comes after that? Well, that's just a, you know, a bink in the forehead with the Martin Luther King fan. You know how it is. And here's the thing. They weren't touching him on the arm to stop him because he was saying something that was offensive to them. They were touching him on the arm to stop him because if he had continued on, the FCC would have fined the whole company. It wasn't what he was saying anywhere else. Then white folks would have been laughing their happy asses off. Yeah, did you hear about Donovan McNabb? But because they're on TV and the FCC can get offended so quickly and people can call in and tell folks that this is what they're offended about, you need to shut the fuck up. We're not going to tell you. We're just going to pat you on your shoulder and let you know that it's time for you to go ahead and sit your black ass down. Don't tell no more jokes. If you're going to say something else, run it past one of the white people first. You got you got a whole process now. You got to run you got to run through your progression before you talk. Before you come back to me, you better know what you're saying is right. You better whisper. You better write it down. I don't give a fuck. Take a picture, write it down, make a paragraph. I don't give a good goodness what you do, but you best not never tell another joke like that while the camera's running. When the camera's off, though, that shit was funny as fuck, my nigga. Remember that part when you was, like, running from the cops? Nigga, nigga, nigga. Is it okay if I call you nigga? I feel like I can anyway. Nigga, nigga. Remember that shit? When you said that two seconds ago, nigga, I, and out, out, on the outside, I wasn't laughing, but on the inside, I was like, nigga. <laughs> now, uh, send, send your angry emails to me, all right? But while you, when you mentioned that, um, when you said that you can call the FCC for anything, yes, I did first think of um, Raven Simone, and then second, I thought Melissa Harris Perry. I get it. Going from Raven Simone directly to Melissa Harris Perry, that will solicit an angry email. 
send them to tiredwilliam at yahoo.com. Don't bother anybody else here. All right, because my first thought was Raven Simone because she says all that goofy shit. But what folks don't understand, you can do your change.org petition. If they do actually get rid of Raven Simone, they're just going to get another coon. There's always, or another clown in general. I mean, hell, it's, it's not like Whoopi isn't on there saying misogynistic shit constantly. Right, so like, and people just forget condemned. about her, right? Like they hired Raven to take the heat off Whoopi. Nobody else mentions that. Like if Whoopi yeah. was all alone, Whoopi would be the most hated person ever. But because Raven is there, and Raven reaches out to the young black people who will get on Black Twitter and talk about it, we all have something to say about Raven. Remember, Whoopi is the nigga who let her white boyfriend come up in blackface way back before Raven was born. Remember? Motherfucking worst behavior. And Whoopi was the first one to defend Bill Cosby when all of this crap happened. Then they got in her ass and she had to come back and and take all of that back. They were like, you know what, we need to hire you a buffer. (laughs) Yeah, and now you know why I thought Melissa Harris Perry? Because um, I get it. She's likable, right? Nerdland. Really smart discussion panels, two-hour show, very well thought out. But and I and I keep saying this, and this is one of those things where like fucking what, like every eight months, I told you show, I told you so. She is a corporate hack for the Democratic Party. Corporate hack. She um, all right. So Rachel Maddow has been on vacation, and Melissa Harris Perry has been covering her program. In um in a recent episode, I think it was the Thursday episode, and I haven't deleted the MP3 because I'm going to play the audio next week and go over it. She basically did a segment saying, "Fuck activism, just go vote," right? And um and one thing where I'm kind of quoting uh, Glenn Ford here of the Black is Back Coalition, the Democratic Party is where movements go to die. All right, and Melissa Harris Perry just tried to lead um activists through this through this very slick. She's she's a wordsmith. All right, let's not front on that. Melissa Harris Perry is a smart motherfucker that knows her way around a sentence. All right, and she basically said, "Fuck your activism, go vote for the Democratic Party." And she did so because and I repeat, she is a corporate hack for the Democratic Party. All right, and I will show you that um, most likely on the Tuesday episode, because on the Monday episode, I got to get back at Tariq Nasheed for his whack shit, and I got to make fun of some white men at the same time about this Star Wars business. All right, but um, <clears throat> so look out, look out for that shit on the Tuesday episode next week. Uh, Melissa Harris Perry telling activists to just shut up and vote. All right, let's take let's take a look at the chat room. See what because Rosita Loco is killing me in the chat room right now. Uh, <laughs> oh man! Uh, oh, R- Rashani Loco put the picture of the snake up in the chat room. His name is Rosita Omar. Loco. Nigga. Omar. Show all the respect. Bow down. Okay. And you know when, what? Because um, when he stands up on his hind tail and learns how to crip walk, and he comes to your house, you better bow down. You said Crip Walk? Wait a second, yeah. Crip Walk. Um, William said he won't attend my wedding unless I Crip Walk into my reception. Yes, yeah. I said Crip Walk. I know. I'm, I'm metal view. 
Will but I'm, I'm in his area. I gotta, I gotta talk dog and not sue. Woo. That's how it works. <laughs> Sir, what up? I have a question for you. How many white people have you made crib walk? You're going to get me shot. Uh, I, I, I convert white people in all sorts of ill ways. Yes, uh, crip walking is one of those ways. Um, a recent thing I did, um, I got a, a, a southern uh, white Republican to uh, now he self-identifies as a socialist. A, um, I got another southern white conservative. Uh, she used to be a Pentecostal Christian. Uh, now she self-identifies as an atheist socialist. Like, I'm basically down here in the South corrupting young white people and just turning them far left and west coast as possible. You're gonna have, <laughs> I can't wait to see what's next, sir. You're going to have them dabbing or the new dance the young kids are doing now? You know what? Uh, let's, let's never mention dabbing again. After Andy Reid did it, it's just, I just, I just, I can't. I can't keep trying to fall in love with these new dances and everything, and they get picked up by all white people before I get to them. And by the time I learn how to do them, the kids in my group are like, it's no longer popular, Coach. Rashani, this Man, is you know, for years, sir. This is nothing new. I know. I just, I keep trying. Like, like last week, it was the dab, and before that, it was the whip, and then it was the nay-nay, and I was hesitant about the whip because my parents and my, my, my ancestors, you know, <laughs> they, right. grew up in a, they grew up in a time where uh, the whip was uh, not amenable to our culture. And so I was hesitant on the whip. They were like, do you want to do the whip? And I was like, nay, nay. And they were like, you want to watch me whip? And I was like, whip, nay, nay. And um, then it became popular for my kids and my, and my basketball team. So I had to learn it so then I could do it with them. And then, like, Taylor Swift was doing it. So it was no longer popular. And I did it at halftime. And somebody threw a tomato at me. And I was like, Nisha, this is why... You should have never brought that salad to this game. That's some bullshit. And so, um, I'm done. <laughs> That's what I like about the Crip Walk is I know Hillary Clinton will never be able to pull that shit off on the Ellen Show. Hey, so hey, don't she say that. She cannot shuffle her feet that nice. Don't say that. You'll see hashtag somebody's Crip. <laughs> Man, and I'm t- it, I think Hillary would do anything right now to get elected. So if that if that was a requirement, I think she would pull it off. Right, she's so grimy. Now, as we um, as we come into the uh, to 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 the back end of the uh, the live uh, two hour program, um, in the spirit of objectification, uh, something that I tend to hear uh, my fellow males ask each other is a. Uh, are you a a breast man or an ass man, or like a butt man or a titty man? Well, in the Republican Party with the conservatives, these are breast men. Now, uh, in a recent Facebook post, uh, New Hampshire State Representative Josh Moore said that if a law to ban topless female nudity fails, men should be able to squeeze exposed nipples in public. Moore was responding to a post by a Democratic colleague who opposes the bill when the two got into a squabble, prompting Moore to make the comments. Now, currently in New Hampshire, it is ill. It is legal for both men and women to expose their nipples in public. 
All right. I mean, if anything, my hairy nipples should be the ones that are covered up. All right. But a state bill uh, would make it a misdemeanor for women to expose their nipples, even for breastfeeding, which is when they're most likely covered up because, you know, nature is natural. And now the bill is backed solely by Republican men. Now, State Representative Amanda Bolden, well, she went on that their Facebooks to uh, voice her issues with the bill and its Republican support. Now, Bolden found irony in the fact that McPublicans claim to believe in freedom and small government, but are now attempting to ban the female breast. Representative Moore chimed in on Bolden's brief post with a typo-riddled comment presented below unaltered. So I'm going to read it with the typos. Um, now, uh, listen, here, listen here, little woman lady. Now, who doesn't support a mother's right to feed? Don't give me any. Don't give me the liberal talking points, Amanda. If it's a woman's natural inclination to pull her nipple out in public, and you support that, then you should have no problem with a man's inclination to stare at it and grab it. After all, it's all relative and natural, right? Now, uh, end quote, although Moore deleted the comment shortly after uh, it was posted, many Facebook users did what apparently goofy motherfuckers don't know exist yet. Screenshot, nigga. Don't say shit if you don't want it archived forever. And right now, unfortunately, more McPublicans harassed Bolden on Facebook even sinking a throwing a personal insult, even sinking two throwing personal insults. Another McPublican state representative, Al Bardasio, made an unprovoked insult about Bolden's body. Again, the grammar is a situation. He said, um, Amanda, no disrespect, but your nipple would be the last one I would want to see. You want to turn our family beaches into a pervert show? Libertarians want a nude beach. Put your money together and buy one. If you want to expose your kids to nudity, go for it. Some of us liberty-minded reps do believe in family values. End quote. Now, they both went on to comment again. Uh, fearing that the state would turn into a topless bar and corrupt the minds of children. However, exposing the female nipple is currently legal in New Hampshire, and there are no reports of the state descending into chaos. Bolden did not comment on her colleague's strange comments or personal attacks, but stayed focused on the bill at hand when speaking to Slate, Bolden said that she believes that the demonization of the female nipple is pure sexism, as the male nipple is equally sexual. And again, if you find my hairy nipples sexual, then you have a fuzz fetish. All right, so. Now, I just just want to throw this out there real quick uh, as a disclaimer. In 2016... If you come up to me and say no disrespect intended but, then you 
or you say I don't want to I don't mean to hurt your feelings but or I'm not a racist but as soon as I hear that but I'm going to punch you that's the new rule as soon as you say any of those I'm just going to hit you it may not be a hard hit but I'm just going to hit you because nothing good comes after that statement nothing good has ever come after you know what I, I don't mean to offend you but so I'm not but never happens I don't mean to offend you, yeah. but nobody wants to see your shitties up top, Bob. I sold her. <laughs> now, uh, now, Michael Wright, um, your program, uh, and I don't know if we have much crossover because, like, you know, our show is kind of weird. Like, it's, you know, it's like a blatantly black atheist show called Father Teresa's Wine Cellar. It's a little weird. So uh, l- let these folks know, where can they find your program? Something in Common is located on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Also on our website, somethingincommon.com. That's S-O-M-E-T-H-I-N-I-N-C-O-M-M-O-N. Something in Common. All right. And then uh, Antoine Spann, let let him know again. Where is your program? Uh, iTunes, sure. Uh, Tune in radio, fanreport.com. Uh, everywhere podcasts are available, pretty much. You can find the Spanner Report. It will be there. you goddamn right. And even though folks uh, probably already know from this program, Rashani Loco, let them know again, where is the single simulcast? Yeah, in your mom's worst nightmares, niggas. I am available on iTunes, Stitcher, Podomatic, uh, Player FM. Um, I'm available pretty soon on the Google, on the Google Music Store, Blueberry. Basically, if you type in single simulcast, I'm there. I'm everywhere you want to be, like Visa and good luggage. And I got a snake. (laughs) All right. And again, uh, this is uh, Father Teresa's wine cellar. Father Teresa, the greatest black atheist. Feeny Loco, the uppity negress. Lisa Loco, the white splainer in chief. And uh, Rashani Loco, single simulcaster, Michael Wright, something in common, Antoine Span, the Span Report. And um, come on, you, you, you Bill Cosby niggas, just uh, one more thing on you. If you put that much stake in Bill Cosby being the only way to subvert white supremacy and seek liberation, you are already fucking up because um, something, something eggs, something, something basket. That's your wine cellar. Have a good one. Bye. Calling all podcasters, musicians, vloggers, and reporters, and everyone else who wants crystal clear recording that's super portable. The Sure Motive family of microphones makes studio quality audio that's as simple as plug and play. Many of the world's top podcasters rely on Sure, and with a Motive line of iOS and USB microphones, portability is now your friend. Imagine being able to get great audio quickly and easily from your phone, tablet, or computer. Simply visit Sure.com/Motive to start getting great audio for your content now. That's S-H-U-R-E.com/forward/slash/M-O-T-I-V. Huge savings on new and previously leased furnishings. That's right, huge savings. At Court Furniture Clearance Center, choose from our wide variety of new and previously leased furniture and decor for your home or office. You'll 
fine sofas from $199.99 and more. Everything in our 9,000 square foot showroom is cord certified, guaranteed, and in stock, ready for delivery or to take home today. Visit our Chandelier Court Furniture Clearance Center at 13946 Lee Jackson Memorial Highway or go online at courtclearancefurniture.com. Mention Radio 20 and get 20% off.